pray together, and this is how it works. You just repeat after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, (laughs) suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And to sit at the right hand of God, their Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God's holy church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. Awesome. Good job. One day I will learn the prayer. Thank you. Thanks, Madison. Hey, uh, hey, before we dive into our message tonight, if you are a 6th, 7th, or 8th grader, um, I want to make you aware, Bethany, if you will hit them. No, oh, no, 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 the other one. The other one, yeah. Uh, Nerf and Nacho Night. Uh, that's Mason uh, when he had facial hair. Uh, Nerf and Nacho Night is next Saturday from 6.30 to 9 o'clock. It's $5. It gets you nachos, safety goggles, and uh, uh, soda. And yeah. So hey, come hang out with us. Bring your friends. Uh, we, we would love to see you there. Even if you don't come all the time or you feel like you don't know a ton of people, uh, we want you to come play Nerf with us. It's going to be a blast. So awesome. Bethany, you can take that down. Hey, I'm excited to talk to you uh, tonight from this idea uh, of following Jesus. What does it mean uh, for you and I to, to say not only that, that we're Christian or we believe in Jesus, but what does it mean uh, to follow Jesus? So uh, when I was in high school, uh, this movie had just come out, and I was kind of late to the party. Like, all my friends uh, had already seen it, and I hadn't seen it yet, and they quoted it all the time. They said things like, Tina, you fat lard, eat your dinner, or, uh, or your mom goes to college. And uh, it, it's, it's called Napoleon Dynamite, if, you, if you've never heard. And uh, I, was, I really wanted to see it, but I just didn't have the money to go to the theaters, and for some reason I couldn't talk my dad into it. And so I remember it came out to DVD, and uh, I was so excited to watch it. My dad's like, you're not watching that trash in my living room. <laughs> go into your room and watch it. And I was like, okay, fine. So uh, this will tell you how old I am. Uh, I didn't have a DVD player because they were expensive at the time. Uh, but I did have a portable DVD player for when I traveled. Yeah. And uh, so I had a little portable DVD player. It looks like a little tiny laptop. And I sat it on my desk. And I sat in my, I had a director's chair in my room because that was cool. And I'm sitting in the director's chair and I have my feet up on the desk. And I'm so excited uh, to watch this movie. And I was like, oh, my friends have hyped it up or whatever. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, they did not lie to me. This is my humor. Someone understands me. I'm not as weird as I think I am. I loved it. I love every part of Napoleon Dynamite. But my favorite character of all of the movie is Kip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kip spends the movie, if you don't know, uh, cruising the internet looking for the love of his life. And he finds her. Uh, Her name is LaFonda. And uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's awesome. And so there's a part of the movie that a lot of people like to skip over, but Kip and LaFonda get married. Yes, it's glorious. And, uh, 
in case you haven't seen it, Kip, Kip sings a song to La Fonda. Um, and I, I just want to read you some of the lyrics. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, yeah. So here we go. Here, here are the lyrics that Kip writes to the love of his life, La Fonda. We met in a chat room. Now our love can fully bloom. Sure, the World Wide Web is great, but you, you make me salivate. Such an odd word to say in church. All right. Pick back up. I, then he sings it, and I want to try. I'm not going to I'm going to sing it. <laughs> he goes, I love technology, but not as much as you, you see. But I still love technology, always and forever. And <laughs> did you just snap that? I'm so mad at you, my heart broke. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I've been practicing all, all week. Went better than I thought. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so I think we can all agree that this song's a little awkward and uncomfortable. Um, I've never felt weirder saying the word salivate in my life, but uh, but Kip makes it very clear at the beginning of this, at, towards the end of this movie, that he has two priorities in life: La Fonda and the internet. Okay. We're going to assume he's appropriately using the internet. But uh, nonetheless, Kip is, is about the World Wide Web and La Fonda. And I think if we're honest, um, I, I don't think anyone's dating anyone named La Fonda. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, but just like Kip in this movie, we, we all have priorities. We, we might not sing about them or, or write weird songs that I, I will sing later in life, but... Uh, we all have priorities. We all have things that are important to us and that consume our attention and consume our focus. And maybe it's your top priority isn't La Fonda. But uh, for a lot of us, we, the way we live our days is the way we live our life. And so if you find yourself every day checking your Instagram like nonstop, right? You're like, I have to watch everybody's story, right? Like, I have to flip through uh, every picture. I have to look at everything I'm tagged in. Instagram might be a priority to you, okay? Some of you really like certain college football teams. Not going there. Uh, no, no. You, if you have to say it, you, you, you're, that's your priority, uh, right? But some of us are, are so obsessed and so consumed. We know players' full legal names, like the ones that only their parents know. We know stats because it's, it's our priority, for some of us, uh, you know, our priorities are, are, are different things. Maybe you know every band member of a, of a certain band or, or group you listen to. And, and if we're not careful, we can spend our days and our lives so consumed and so caught up in things. Because the truth of it is, whether or not we realize it, we all are disciples of somebody or something. We're all disciples of somebody or something. And I, and I hope for you that somebody or something is Jesus. Last week, uh, some of you came to Bosmo and uh, you heard about Jesus and you heard about his love for you and you said, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. And for others of you in here, you, you've been here before and maybe you've made that decision on another Wednesday night or maybe at Beach Freak when we were standing on the beach and the waves were crashing and you're like, I can't doubt that God's doing something in my life. And, and you know, I hope you've made that decision, and even if you haven't, um, 
we, we can decide to follow Jesus, but we, cannot, we can make that decision and still not make him our priority. We can make Jesus an event or something that we do or a part of, but it's not, it's not what consumes us. And so that's why for the next week, um, this week and next week, um, we're going to kind of talk about what does it really mean to follow Jesus. It's, it's not just a prayer, but what does it mean to take my whole life and decide that what I'm going to be about, what's going to consume me is following after Jesus. And if you've been around Jesus or faith for any amount of time, you know following Jesus just doesn't happen by accident, right? Um, how many of you have ever been at Sam's Club or Costco? Good. You can put your hands on. I haven't finished asking. Uh, you've been at Sam's Club or Costco, and you didn't mean to be there when the samples came out, but you're like, oh, my gosh, lunch just happened. This is a blessing. Yeah, yeah. That's not how following Jesus works, right? You're not, you don't just, like, walk up onto to following Jesus like you do a wonton at Costco. Instead, it's an intentional decision to follow after Jesus. And so how do we do this? How do you and I follow Jesus? Tonight, I'm going to give you just two simple thoughts. And if you brought something to take notes with, I want to encourage you to take notes um, because they are redeemable for a snow cone when you get to heaven. So just just turn them in and you'll get a snow cone because I'll be operating a snow cone shop on the beach. (laughs) So come see me. Yep. Yeah, I got a list of like 50. So, um, all right. So, hey, no, I really want you to take notes because I think this is good. And if I didn't, I wouldn't tell it to you. So here's point number one. It's going to sound kind of weird. In order to follow Jesus, you and I have to embrace the role of an apprentice. Embrace the role of an apprentice. Before we we talk about this, I want to admit something to you. I have a serious problem. Um, it's affected a lot of relationships in my life. I love the tasty food videos on Facebook. <laughs> I have lost many hours of sleep. I have damaged relationships because I try these recipes. Um, I love them, and I will stay up way later than I need to, scrolling and watching the next one. And here's why I think I love these videos so much. Because I think I'm capable of making these recipes, right? I'm like, pfft. Beef Wellington, no problem. I got this, right? And when I'm done, it turns out to be more like beef well done with, um, it's just not good. So I, I don't know what it is, but I love these videos. I love watching them. And because they always have this really peppy, upbeat music. It's like, boil noodles, you're like, I can't boil noodles. I love noodles, right? And I, I love these videos so much. But I'm just not a great cook. I wish I was. I wish I was this amazing cook where people came into my house and were like, Amber, what are you making? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me look in the pantry, right? And I just would whip something up, and, and they'd tell people how great it was. But I, I'm just not a good cook. But I do have a couple of staple dishes uh, that I can make that I'm actually pretty good at. And one of those uh, probably might not sound great to you, but sounds good to me, is eggplant parmesan. Anybody in here like eggplant parmesan? Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, the way I learned to make eggplant parmesan was not watching a tasty video. Instead, it was standing in the kitchen, standing in the kitchen with my dad for multiple Saturday mornings, learning how to make it. And my dad taught us from, I think I was about 10 when I first made it, about how how to pick out the right eggplant, how to wash it, how to cut it up into thin slices, and then dip it in an egg wash, and then put it in breadcrumbs, and then you put it in the fryer, and then once it's, 
fried and not to pull it out too early so it doesn't get all soggy and weird and, you know, not to leave it in there too long and, and then how to layer it and make this amazing, incredible dish. You know, just how to use enough sauce and how to use enough cheese to, to make something people really enjoy. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have that to eat than, than anything I could drive through and get, as good as Zaxby's is. Um, there's something so special about a home-cooked meal that's been prepared with, with love and hours and, and time spent as a family. And I think this is what Jesus is inviting us to, to be disciples. He doesn't want us to just watch tasty videos. Jesus doesn't want us to just catch a tiny little Stephen Furtick clip and be like, oh, man, that was awesome. He's so ripped, like goals, you know. Um, instead, Jesus wants to, to do the work of, of being in the kitchen or being in our lives and teaching us what does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to look like him? What does it mean to do what Jesus does? And I think the reason this dish is so special to me and my family is because it's not on a recipe card. It's on our hearts. It's memories of, of mornings together in the kitchen, of, of smelling like eggplant for the next day, you know? It's just so special. And, and these things were learned standing side by side. And I don't know about you, but it can be exhausting sometimes trying to just remember Bible verses or Bible facts. I remember when I was new to church, people would quote things, and I was like, how do you know this? Like, where, like where did you get this knowledge? How do you know all these things? And guys, memorizing Bible facts and, and knowing all this stuff and knowing all the answers isn't the deal. It's about knowing who Jesus is. And what's so cool is Jesus doesn't have an attitude. Jesus isn't too cool for us. Instead, he wants to be known by us. And whether you've been coming to church for a short time or a long time, this invitation from discipleship to apprenticeship says, hey, don't just learn this stuff. Don't just get a gold sticker for doing all the Jesus stuff. But come with me. Come do life with me. Come, come get to know me. And, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can get so caught up and just doing God stuff that, that we miss out on knowing God and knowing who he is. And so today I want us to look at what does it mean to not just be a disciple, to not just take on this title, but instead what does it mean to move from disciple to apprentice? In, uh, in Bible times, one of the most honorable jobs you could have was to become a rabbi. And uh, a rabbi was a religious teacher, somebody who studied Jewish law and tradition. Uh, kind, of, kind of like the... Bible times equivalent of a, of a pastor, kind of. And so to become a rabbi, you didn't just go to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 10 to 10.30, you know, and, and email in your discussion post and kind of like halfway read the book. Instead, to become a rabbi, you sold everything you had. And you said, I'm going to give up my life. I'm going to put my life on pause because I'm going to be an apprentice under this rabbi and I'm going to learn everything he knows. And so what they would do is they would spend years under this rabbi and they would hang out with them, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and be with them all the time and ask them questions and, and debate things and learn and, and learn all these topics. And then when they finally knew everything the teacher knew, they could leave and they, they could become a rabbi. And they took every moment to learn from that rabbi. And although you and I can't physically, you know, be like, mom and dad, I know I have school tomorrow. But Pastor Amber said that I need to become an apprentice, so I'm out. I'm, I'm going to find Jesus, and I'm going to go study, and I'm going to come back and be so wise. 
right? Instead, Jesus uh, isn't physically here on the, on the earth with, with us, but when he left, he gave us the Holy Spirit, and so he could be with all of us, and, and he could teach us and train us and apprentice us, and it, it's really awesome. And so Jesus invites us to this apprenticeship relationship with him, and we, we, we get to choose if we want to be a part of it, and we can purposely put ourselves under his teaching and around his people. I just wonder for some of us, if we just do church, if we just come here, you know, sometimes when we hang out in the gym and it's all right, it smells like feet sometimes, and then, you know, we come in here and we sing the songs and the band's pretty good and, and they're awesome, and then we get a small group and just kind of goof off and, like, it's only really good if our leader brings a snack, and, uh, and then we come in here and kind of halfway pay attention until we're done. But I wonder if we could make a switch from just kind of doing the Jesus stuff to really embracing what it looks like to be an apprentice under Jesus. And to come and to be all in and be like, Jesus, I, I'm so ready. And I think if we could get a group of people who would do that, it would, it would change your school. It would change your family. It, it would change our youth group. Because Jesus doesn't want us to just be followers who just wear the t-shirt and, and go to Outcry Tour. But he wants to be part of every day. I know some of you guys are like, Amber, you're normally funny. What's your deal tonight? Jesus has something so good for you. And so intentional and so amazing if you'll put yourself in a place where he can teach you. Uh, if you have your Bible with you tonight, turn to uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I, I want to read you a story that's really kind of awkward. And I think that's why I like it. I love awkward. Does anybody else suffer from secondhand embarrassment for people? Um, I was with a friend of mine the other day. And she had to drop something off for her job. Um, to this lady, and I was sitting in the car while she did, and the lady was talking to her and, like, awkwardly kissed her on the cheek, and it was the funniest, most awkward thing I'd ever seen in my life. That might be somebody in here's mom, so. Um, not the kisser, but the, ki the one who was kissed. Uh, it was funny. All right, here we go. John chapter 1. You guys ready? So look at this. The next day, again, John, and this is John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples, so, so John the Baptist had people that followed him and wanted to learn from him and, and grow with him. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Watch this, verse 37, or read this. We're not going to watch it happen. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Hold on a second. Imagine you're like a rabbi, and you're a teacher, and you have two people, and you're like, This is what I believe about God, and I'm so smart and so wise, Right? Jesus walks by, and they're like, hey, it's been real, John, but the real deal's right here, so we're gone. Look at verse 38. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Which is kind of creepy, but it's cool. It's Jesus. Verse 39. He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. This story's always been awkward to me, like, right? Like, John's disciples leave him and ditch Jesus because they knew John was good, but they knew Jesus was the real deal. I just wonder for some of us tonight if, if our attentions and, and the things that have consumed our attention and our purpose and our, our priorities are good things, but maybe they're not the best thing for us. Listen, I'm not against friends. I'm not against hanging out. I'm not against movies. I'm not against any of that kind of stuff. But I just wonder if for some of you in here tonight, if Jesus isn't maybe saying, hey, hey, that stuff's good, but, but, but I have something better. 
Because here's the thing about Jesus. We live in the South, and so sometimes Jesus becomes this thing that our grandparents are really cool about or excited about. But listen, everybody look at me. There is no more exciting life available to you than a life surrendered to Jesus. There's nothing more fun. There's nothing more exciting. There's nothing more sometimes really hard and difficult than following Jesus. Jesus promises us not just a normal life, but a Zoe life, this abundant life. And it's amazing. So following Jesus isn't just an event, and it's not Beau Smo, and it's not the drive-in, and it's not Beach Creek. Instead, it's this daily decision to apprentice under him. And I wonder if we can stop being okay with the day-to-day and the mundane things and just kind of church as normal, or if we can really decide to apprentice under Jesus. Because, listen, I got saved at 17, and I was still driving the hot mess express, okay? You can ask anybody who knew me at that age. They, they are amazed that I'm stable. I was still a hot mess. Because following Jesus doesn't mean just obeying rules and stop cussing and drinking and doing all those things. Yeah, those are good things to stop, okay? But it's more than that. It's getting to know a God who loves you. He's crazy about you and wants to speak to you. Listen, God will speak to you if you listen. And he says really cool stuff. Sometimes it hurts because you're like, oh, Jesus, get out of my business. And he's like, well, I made you, so deal with it. But... uh, but it's so cool and it's so amazing to know that I can have a relationship with the God who came and walked the earth and died for me. Which leads me to my second point tonight. I told you I don't have a lot of points. Number two, when we apprentice under Jesus, we learn the joy of being with him. Uh, like we talked about a second ago, a huge part of apprenticing was spending time with a teacher. So much so that they, they started... If you were an apprentice under a rabbi, you would start to kind of mimic them, right? Like you would start to kind of say some things they would say or, or do certain hand gestures they would do. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, with, with Master's Commission and uh, our, the director of Master's Commission, Pastor Mark. Sometimes I catch myself doing things he does with my hands when I speak. And I'm like, oh, that's so awkward. Like I'm just like him. You know, he's amazing. I, you know, he's awesome. But, you know, that's how close that they were following after these rabbis and, and learning from them. And I think more often than not, if, if we make Jesus into following this chore chart, trying to earn his love, we, we spend so much time trying to do things for Jesus that we don't spend any time just hanging with him. Listen, Jesus is way more interested in who you're becoming than what you do. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is way more interested in, in who you're becoming than what you do. Listen, drill team, awesome. Flags, amazing. You play the tuba, me too. You know, football, basketball, wrestling, lacrosse, you, you have an action figure pl- club, you, you, you play Dragon Ball Z with like three of your friends. That's all good stuff. All very fun. But that's not what defines you. And the older you get, you'll learn that, that things will come and go, but, but letting yourself get to know the Savior, Jesus, will change everything. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or be like, y'all kids need to pray more. You know, like that's, that's not me. Like that's not my heart. I just think if we're really going to say we follow Jesus, we have to get to know him. Um, how many of y'all, have, anybody ever met a celebrity before? Yeah? Okay. Okay. So a good portion of the room. Um, on my 24th birthday, uh, me and my friend Becca decided we were going to go to Jim and Nick's. 
And we walked into Jim and Nick's. And we sat down. And I realized that Ruben stuttered. Hit him with the picture, Bethany, in case I don't know. Yes. Ruben stuttered was one booth over from me. And I was so excited. I was like, I was like, Becca, that's Ruben stuttered. She's like, I know, that's Ruben stuttered. Like, you have to say his full name. You're not like, hey, what's up, Ruby Tuesday? You know, like, hey, like, it's Ruben stuttered. And so we sat there for a while, and, like, we're super excited, and, like, we're cramming our faces with cheese biscuits, because what else do you do at Jim and Nick's? You carb up. And we're, <laughs> we're sitting there, and we're so excited. And then I look at my friend Becca, and I go, I want to say something to him. What do I say? And she's like, I don't know. You'd be like, hey, Ruben. And I was like, yeah, I know. But, like, what do I say after that? And she's like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know either. Like, I liked American Idol, but not that much. Like, I don't want to lie to him. And, and I promise you, me and my friend Becca sat there for 35 minutes asking each other what we could say to him. And then he got up and left. And I was like, Becca, we could have gotten a picture. She's like, this is your fault. I'm not getting involved. If you knew my friend Becca, that would make sense to you. But um, I think sometimes we treat prayer and we treat Jesus like meeting a celebrity, right? We're like, oh, my gosh, I heard about you at church. Uh, and, like, I, I'm, like, feeling you super weird, but, like, it's appropriate. And... God, like, I know you're here, and I want to say something to you, but, but I don't know. So, caught a fish this big. But apprenticeship under Jesus means that, that we're spending time with him, and when we go to talk to him, it's not weird. You're not like, hey, you're Jesus from that movie Passion. You were, you were so good. I mean, I, I know it hurt, but, like, it, you were really good. Can we take a selfie? Guys, when, when we apprentice under Jesus, we, we get, have to get to know him. And I think that's sometimes our struggle. We've heard how great Jesus is, and we've heard how amazing he is, and we've heard how other people pray and have these amazing moments, and we think it can't happen for us. But the truth of it is, is Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to get to know you. It doesn't have to be awkward. You don't have to have a Jim and Nick's Reuben Stuttered experience to get to know him. It would be, sometimes we, we think that if we pray, it'll just be too awkward. I think Jesus likes awkward. I really think he does. And so one of the best ways for us to get to know him, I know you're all going to be shocked by this who are taking notes, all three of you. One of the best ways to get to know Jesus is through prayer. And we know prayer is important we, because we, see Jesus, we saw Jesus do it, right? In, in the Bible we read in Luke 5.16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus needed to pray and to communicate with the Father, how much more do you and I need to pray? A lot, right? Like if Jesus is praying, we all should be praying, right? Like if you saw Jesus looking panicked, we would be panicked. But Jesus prayed. And how much more do you and I as apprentices of Jesus need to learn this? Listen, I want to invite you this week to pray Maybe you've never prayed before. Maybe you haven't prayed for a long time. And here's what I want you to do. Maybe you're in your room by yourself. Maybe you're in the bathroom because, you know, the throne room. And, or, or maybe uh, you're driving in your car. And I just want you to pray the most elementary prayer of your life. Listen, sometimes a good, honest prayer is a great place to start. For example, hey, Jesus, I've heard about this. My life is a mess but I really need you to do something. 
will you, will you show me that this prayer thing's legit? Listen, prayer is such a huge deal. Maybe you're like, Amber, that's still too weird. I can't talk to myself in the car. I can pick my nose in my car, but I can't talk to myself in my car. Don't lie. If you drive, you know you pick your nose. Um, hey, if you have never tried prayer, if you're nervous to try or, or, or it just seems awkward, I want to invite you to join us Wednesday night at 630 right in here. Listen, Edge is here. Small group leaders are here. Myself, Pastor Jeremy, we're both here. Come hang out with us. It's not weird. It's not awkward. We, we put prayer points on the, on the screen, and we walk around, or, or we stay, stand put, and we just pray. We just talk to God, and I would love for you to come and just try out prayer. You can come stand by me. You're more than welcome. But, but come. Don't, don't let prayer be this scary thing, but instead apprentice under Jesus. Learn to talk to him. The second thing we, we can do to, to learn how, how to apprentice, how to follow Jesus is by doing the things Jesus did. Listen, I'm all for miracles. They're amazing. I'm thankful for them. But I think we can even do the practical things that Jesus did. Like eating with other people. I think one of the best things we can do is, is to share a meal with people who, who love Jesus and people who don't. Because when we sit around a table, and if you eat a soft taco, because that's all you can afford, been there, okay? Or you eat steak, whatever you eat. When we look into each other's eyes, we see a reflection of the Father. And it's often around a table in the midst of a conversation that we, we get a glimpse of, of who God is. Maybe you see God in your friend or maybe your, your friend helps you see God in you. We, listen, I, I heard this a couple weeks ago and I've tried to apply it in my life. We, we live too much in closed off circles. I want to challenge you, if you're standing with a group of people or, or you're at school or here, if you will move your conversations from circles to use and always be w- willing to invite other people into the conversation, you, you will see Jesus like you've never seen him. Because we see him on the face of our friends, on the face of that person on the bus who annoys you, on the face of that kid in, in the hallway who nobody ever talks to. Invite other people in. Over and over again in the gospel, we see Jesus share meals with other people. Maybe you're thinking, like, Amber, that, that's not spiritual enough. You're, maybe you're right. Or maybe it's just spiritual enough. And the last thing I want to invite you to do is rest. Maybe you're like, Amber, these are the worst notes you've ever given us. Rest, talk to other people. Like, what are you doing? Here's why I say rest. So many of you in this room deal with anxiety and depression and things that are hard. And, those, and listen, I'm, I'm not up here telling you that those things aren't real. I, I believe you. I know those things are hard. I know they're difficult. But Jesus carved out space every week of his life to rest. You are not your grades. You are not the things you do. So relax. Rest. Be around friends that are actually good for you. For some of you tonight, you need to unfollow some people on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, I'm almost 30. I use Facebook. You don't. But some of you need to unfollow some people on Instagram because it, cause it's not helping you. Learn, learn to rest. Learn, learn to put time into your life where you don't have to perform and you don't have to feel under pressure. Instead, you can be authentic and be your true self. Because guess what? Who you really are is who Jesus is really crazy about. He's crazy about you. He thinks you're great just the way you are. 
whether you like to watch a David Dobrik videos or you want to play MMA and you know like watch all that and that's a little violent but cool. Listen, apprenticing under Jesus isn't an event, it's not a retreat, it's not a camp. It's a way for us to live our life. And it's living life just like Jesus did. Cuz he was so real. He's not just a precious moments figurine. Right? He's not that creepy picture in your Aunt Sherry's basement. My Aunt Sherry has this picture of Jesus, and he's like, I'm like, I think he's excited or terrified. Either way, it's a lot. But, but listen, living the Jesus life is so exciting. And, and I, I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that living this, this life is the best life. Because people will try to offer you a lot of other things that will seem exciting, but they'll never fulfill you like living for Jesus. So tonight, um, I want us to pray. I'm going to ask um, Daniel to put on some music so I sound more spiritual. I'm going to ask your small group leaders to come up front. And hey, as they move, if you'll just bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Because I, I really and truly feel like God is, God is speaking to some of your hearts tonight and, and calling you to do something about it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'll wait. If you're, if you're in here tonight and you would say, Amber, um, I heard what you said about following Jesus. And if I'm honest, um, maybe, maybe I've made that decision before, but, but I really, I want to live this life of apprenticing under Jesus to know what it's like to, to, serve, to serve a God who loves me, who, who wants to, to meet me in, in the normal and, and mundane things in my life. And I'm tired of just doing Jesus things, but I want to really know who he is. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'll wait. That's you with nobody looking around. I just want you to lift your hand up. You don't have to lift it high. I want to make sure we pray for you. Yeah. So exciting. You can put it up and put it right back down. Yeah, thank you. The second thing I want to ask you tonight is this. If you're in here tonight and you'd say, Amber, I heard you talk about living a life like Jesus, but if I'm honest, I, I, if I pray, it's, it's hardly ever. I, it's hard for me to, to reach out and invite new people. Or maybe you would say, I, my life is so overcome by anxiety and things going on at school. And, and I want to follow Jesus, but it just feels like he's so distant. Tonight, there, there's a God who wants to remind you that he's close. If that's you with nobody looking around, if that's any of those three things I just said, I want you to slip up your hand. Yeah, all across the room. Put your hands down. Hey, I'm going to ask you to do this. If, you'll, um, if everybody will stand up for me. Everybody will stand up. Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to not break my neck. If I fall, just catch me. Hey, uh, I'm going to pray. And, and as I pray, if you've raised your hand for anything, I want you to make your way to the front. So, so let's pray, okay? Jesus, we thank you that you're close. Jesus, we thank you that you invite us into this exciting, amazing apprenticeship with you. And God, I pray tonight that you would stir in young people's hearts, God, and draw them. God, not to just do Jesus things, God, but to, to really know who you are. God, to, to engage you in prayer and to engage you in rest, God, and, and to invite people to the table. Jesus, let us not just do church and do things because our grandparents or our families did it, but because we know you. So Jesus, I thank you tonight. I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of young people. God, I pray you would go with them this week. God, draw Draw them to yourself this week. God, I pray students in this room, God, would feel this urge to read the Bible. God, would feel this urge, God, God, to, to engage in, in, in worship. 
because God, it, it brings us closer to you. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you. God, we thank you that you never give up on us. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Hey, if, um,